My name is Gian, and I'm the founding pastor of Victory Church from Odessa, Texas. I say hello to you. This is our worship service number 259 since we started the church in, in the year 2016. And it is my privilege to present to you today the message, Secret Service. But before we get there, I want to invite you to go to our website, vchurch.us, and download the bulletin of this study. At the same time, you can do the same thing. Woo, voila, there you go. This strange thing that you see on the screen, this square thing, is called the QR code. And we use our phones to go directly to a website. There's a URL. So do it, and you will be able to download the bulletin of the teaching of this morning, Secret Service. Are you ready for this? I am so ready to start, but before I say anything about the Secret Service, I want to thank you, dear friends, and you guys here in the church, Thank you so much for your support, friends. You are awesome, and we thank you for what you are giving to the Lord, and you are also trusting us that we are managing their finances in the right way. And we thank you because we are putting the best effort we have here, all of us working, serving the Lord, in order to have this kind of broadcast available for everyone, thousands of people that are listening and watching today. So... Thank you so much, Sebastian, for the work you are doing with our IT, and thank you, Tracy, for those songs that you sang this morning, and they are very beautiful. Secret Service, October 10, 2021. I'm getting serious now. Worship Service 259. We are going to talk about the Secret Service. <laughs> Kinda. I want to lead you to Read with me this beautiful passage of the scripture, the Psalm 91, verse 11. We read from the easy-to-read version, some of these verses, and other verses are going from the New International Version. And we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please, Lord, guide us through our study. The Lord will command His angels to protect you wherever you go. Let me say that one more time for you. The Lord will command His angels to protect you wherever you go. How about that? Do you like it? Do you like that? Well, I love it. And the thing is, many, many times you are totally oblivious of what's going on around you. You know, friends? You have no idea how many times you have been saved by angels of God delivering you from accidents, even from your own mistakes, things that happen in our homes. You know, sometimes we are tripping and we are just about to hit something and uh, suddenly we don't hit that thing, but we go to the other side and we say, Whew, wow, that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one coming from an angel because the Lord really sends his angels to protect us wherever we go. And that makes us feel good, right? Makes us feel good about our Lord. Makes us feel, feel good about ourselves. Makes us feel good when we think about our family. Makes me feel good about you, my dear viewer and listener, because with this promise, you can trust that you, you have protection. There is security around you. And that is fantastic. Coming from God himself. It's a promise that Psalm 91 offers to everybody. So, 
Psalm 91, 11. The Lord will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. Do you like it? Some people say, really? I didn't even know that there were angels. I heard about it, but I didn't know. The Bible, the Bible really talks about it. Yes, there are many, many places where the Bible talks about angels. This sound is one of those. It's beautiful. And we love knowing that the good Lord is always so loving that protects us. I love that about the good Lord. However, let me ask you this. Do you know what is the reaction of those kids when they start to feel that they are not little ones anymore? You know, suddenly those little ones, they start to feel that they can do things. And they start to consider different possibilities with their own lives. And they think, well, I think I can do this. I can do that. And uh, like kids do, we do as adults. Just like that. Because suddenly we start to believe, you know what? I'm good. I have the time. I have the money. I can do this. Why not? So... Let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's go and do things. Why not? Why not? Let's have fun. I love that. Let's go here and there. How wise is that? <laughs> but let's go. Let's try it. <laughs> it's not necessarily too wise. I'm going to ask you this question. Let's suppose that you were hired as a bodyguard, okay? Just hypothetically speaking, you know, because you have those big muscles. You are tall. You are good looking. You, you dress very appropriately for the job. You have your dark suit, your nice tie, your sunglasses. You have your device in your ear and you speak through your whatever. Change, change, over, whatever you say. I don't know what they say. But let's suppose you are one of those and you were assigned to protect somebody. But this somebody is not helping <laughs> himself. Is not helping you doing your job. So you are like, wait a minute. We shouldn't go there because it's not appropriate. It's not convenient. What would you do for real? If you were a bodyguard and you were assigned to protect somebody, but this person doesn't cooperate with you, and it looks like likes to expose himself to very risky situations, what, what would you do? You will not be happy, right? You will not. You probably will say, uh, sir or ma'am, right? Let's, uh, let's think about this. But eventually you realize that there is no much that you can tell because after all, those individuals, they make their own decisions. You see that? Well, somehow, somehow, that is what happens to angels, with you. <laughs> they are assigned to protect you, but it, it seems like you, you're making your own decisions. You want to go places and do things because you want to. You say, well, I'm entitled, exactly. Now, the problem is the bodyguard not always is happy with you. And you know what is the classic scenario of a fool? 
that he believes that he can do anything he wants. Like you see in this image on the screen. What are the odds that this little kid will defeat this professional box fighter? Look at those muscles of this professional box fighter. <laughs> Look at this little kid. He barely can hold the gloves. The classic scenario of a fool is precisely that. When the person goes trying to accomplish something without even realizing that there has no, there ha he doesn't have any possibilities to win. More likely it's going to end up really bad. But let's say you continue with this hypothetical scenario. You just say, I'm going to call my supervisor. You call him and you explain to him, probably the first time your supervisor will say, work with him, you know, work with her. Okay, and you save this person one time, two, three, but eventually it's way too much, it's out of control. Sneaked out of the house at the time that you are not supposed to be out. Are you listening to me? It's going to places that supposedly that person shouldn't go. Are you listening to me? It's doing things that that person supposedly shouldn't be doing. Are you listening to me, my friend? So what would you do as a bodyguard? You call the supervisor until one moment, in one occasion, the, supervi the supervisor says to you, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. And you say, okay, I wash my hands of you. It's way too much, it's out of control, right? So in the case of angels, who is their supervisor? <laughs> and imagine the Lord God telling the angels, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I want you to read with me other portion of Psalm 91 because this psalm actually tells us a lot about security and protection. In the verse number one, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Lord God Almighty. What is the key word in this verse? To dwell. That, my friend, is the problem. Many people want to have the promise of protection, but they don't want to commit to dwell in the presence, in the shelter of the Lord Most High. So, I want to have the benefits of being close to God. I want to have the benefits of being a blessed one. I want to receive everything God can give me because he is faithful to his promises, because he is good, because he is nice to his people, because God is loving. I want to have everything. I want the whole package, the whole enchilada, we say, the whole nine yards, we say. We want everything, but there are conditions, my friends. There are conditions, and, and my, my dear listener and viewer, I want you to know, yes, indeed, the promise from God is that he will protect you, he will send his angels. But remember, it's all based on one important condition, that you dwell in the presence, under the shelter of the Lord Most High, in the shadow of the Lord, 
God Almighty. And that's not easy. Why? Because like the person the, that you were assigned as a bodyguard to protect, that person says, I don't like it. I want to do whatever I want to do. So that's why commonly parents, they say to the kids, stay, stay close kids. Especially if we are doing certain things and territories that we already know that are dangerous. When we are doing certain things, in, let me give you practical examples. In the mall, for instance, or visiting a new neighborhood, or going to a place that we don't know how things are in that place. Parents say to the kids, stay close. Even in their own home, parents say to the kids, don't go too far from the house. Stay close, kids. Oh, no, but the kids don't want to stay close. And that is what the Lord is telling us all the time. Stay close to me. I don't want you to go doing things here and there. Don't leave the reservation and stay here close to me. Because here I can protect you. I remember raising my children. They were, Natalie was probably around... I will say seven years old. Sebastian was five. My two kids. But I remember it was like a Saturday afternoon. And I am in the living room listening to music. And I, and I have a... I remember I have shorts and a t-shirt. You know, relaxed. It's a Saturday afternoon. And I let my, my kids go playing outside. You know, back in the... 80s or 90s, I think, the 90s, back in the 90s, that was normal. Not like now, because now you know that nobody wants to even get close to the neighbor. Ooh. <laughs> because it's too dangerous, right? With all respect, but it's getting way too far, out of control, in my personal opinion. I believe in being careful, good hygiene and all that. But you know what? Sometimes, well, everyone is going to make his own decision. But what I know is that back in those days, I let my kids play outside and play with the kids in the neighborhood, you know, and they have their bicycles and balls and all that. So they are playing outside. But I, but I have my windows open just to be, you know, paying attention. If they needed something, they will call me quickly, of course. And that is what happened. I heard Natalie screaming, say, Daddy, Daddy, boy, what's going on? So I dropped my stuff, whatever it is what I had in my hands, and I ran through the driveway to the house. And then my big surprise. Let me tell you, it's the most frightening situation that I lived as a dad raising my kids. There was a dog, a Rottweiler, huge animal. And my kids were little. And they were running towards the house while this dog that I already knew was a dangerous dog because it was, I heard that this dog hurt several people in the neighborhood. For whatever reason, the owners, you know, some people are so irresponsible. But I remember 
looking at my kids running towards the house, being chased by this animal. And that was not a joke. When you see a situation like that as a, as a parent, you wish to have a weapon. You wish to have something. And I have nothing. Not even a pencil. <laughs> nothing. And I am barefoot. In shorts. I'm not the stronger guy in the neighborhood. I've never been. And I don't think that I will ever be. <laughs> but my love for my kids. It's superior to any fear or reservation I will have in order to protect them. When I see that, I ran towards my kids and I put them behind me and I let the dog walk towards me, run towards me. And this is, here's this animal, huge animal, very strong animal, barking as loud as he could. And I knew that there was only one solution. I needed to kick that dog, otherwise he will hurt us. At that point, I didn't think, if I kick this dog with my foot, I'm gonna break my foot. I didn't think of that. All that I thought was I need to defend my kids. And my friends, listen. Praise the name of the Lord, I couldn't hit him. Praise God, I didn't break any bones or anything. My kids were safe. I just tried to kick, to kick the dog. You can imagine that, right? My kids behind me, and I am. But as I am in attempting to kick the dog, I'm screaming as well. Something came to me that told me, he is loud, you must be louder. <laughs> and I thought, I can do that. So, and I am kicking, right, without uh, success, praise God. The animal moved faster than me, but I was screaming. And I was screaming, get out of here. And I said, Satan. That's what I said. Get out of here, Satan. Satan, get out of here. In the name of Jesus. I promise you what I said. In the name of Jesus, Satan, out. Leave, leave. I never hit the dog, praise God. Probably I will have some sort of consequence of that. You know, can you imagine barefoot hitting the jaw of a dog like that? Oh, praise God. I didn't get hurt. My throat hurt, certainly, afterwards, because I screamed loud. I have, at that point, an audience Neighbors from all the houses in my block were out witnessing the spectacle of this guy. I am probably, what, 27 years old? Skinny as you can imagine. In shorts, with those skinny legs, trying to hit the dog, protecting his kids. But I'm screaming, leave Satan in the name of Jesus. Leave, leave, get out of here. Out, out, out. I never hit the dog. My, the dog never hurt my kids. And the dog never hurt me. The dog left. And of course, when after that happened, all the neighbors, you know, 
at unison, they were giving me a standing ovation. And of course, the last thing that I cared for at that point was acknowledgement of recognition. I was about to faint. I was so nervous with the situation, just imagining that this dog could hurt my little ones, my treasures. Because you as a dad, you protect your kids with everything you have. And you will do even your own, you will give even your own life to protect, protect your kids. My friends, the Lord God loves us and he will fight for us. He has, he does, and he will. But we need to stay close to him. That's the thing. Of course, in my story, I finished this, that when I came back to the house, of course, with the two kids and they, they were safe. They were so proud of me. My little ones, they were just sitting on my lap because I was sitting, <laughs> can you imagine? In my little couch trying to breathe, right? <laughs> I was out of everything. Energy, air, everything. The adrenaline kicked in and then kicked out. So I'm out. I'm about to cry because I had this up and down, up and down turmoil emotions and the fear of seeing my kids damaged. But my kids, they looked at me and they were touching my face and kissing me. And they said, thank you, daddy. I was a hero that hour. And I am so happy that I did that because otherwise something horrendous could happen to my own children. How many things happen to us, friends, because we are not careful about the places that we go. And we, even though the Lord is telling us, watch out, watch out, don't do this, don't, don't go there. Many things happen and with our health, with our finances, with our spiritual life, many things. I want to tell you that next Sunday on October 17th in the worship service 260, I want to share with you a message that is called I can't stand them. <laughs> and you know what is interesting? I wrote a song with the same title, I can't stand them. And it's a, this song, like the message that I will share with you next Sunday, it has to do with how can we fight against fear? I will, I will share that with you next Sunday. But coming back to the idea that we are developing today, the importance of staying close to God in order to claim those promises of protection, right? I want to show you this video because it's an illustration of the kind of things that we see in life, you know? We are not careful about things. We are just walking around, not paying attention. I know. I know. And all that is because we were not paying attention. We were just doing things. You know, accidents that we live sometimes, it's just the, the result of lack of experience, right? But sometimes it's because we are just fools. I'm just a fool about doing this or doing that. Or we don't have the experience. And we know we are going to learn many lessons in life. 
I'm 57 years old, married, children and grandchildren. I'm a minister. I consider myself a person with a good level of understanding of things in life. And yet, I know that I will continue learning lessons in life. The university of life is not finished and it's not going to be ever. We continue learning lessons, right? So the lack of experience will take us to places where we eventually say, well, that was stupid. <laughs> and sometimes our own foolishness will take us to that place and then we'll say, well, that's what, that was very stupid. <laughs> the important thing is that we learn the lessons, right? That's the important thing. But uh, can you tell me this? Why does the Lord want us close to him? What do you think? What could be the reason? Well, the same reason that I have when I said to my kids all the time, stay close, kids, is for our own sake. He wants us to be close to him for our own sake. It's not for his own sake. It's our own sake. That's why the Lord wants us close to him. Would you like to read with me another passage of the scripture? Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14. You can enter through life only through a narrow gate. The gate to hell is very wide, and there is plenty of room on the road that leads there. Many people go that way. But the gate that opens the way to true life is narrow. And the road that leads there is hard to follow. Only a few people find it. The Lord Jesus is talking here about making wise decisions. Making wise decisions. Now, I would like you to read with me the same passage. And I want to put a full screen, please, Sebastian. The same passage. But now we are going to highlight parts of the scripture. And it's talking about a narrow gate. And it says that this gate is narrow, and that's the gate that, the gate that opens the way to true life. It's very narrow. And it talks about a road that is hard to follow. And it says that only a few people find it. Today, we see everywhere in the world, wherever we are, options for everything. There are different kind of uh, clothing elements, shoes, hats, hairstyles, all kinds. You think about drinks, you go to stores today and you don't know where even to start with the variety of drinks. Carbonated, non-carbonated, sugar, sugar-free, with uh, artificial or not artificial flavors, in a bottle, in a can, fruit flavor, tea flavors, sodas. <laughs> you can be walking there in the aisle looking for a box of cereal. You know, when I was a kid, the option was pretty much cornflakes. And Rice Krispies, Choco Krispies, if you were lucky. 
But now, there are so many options. And people like the idea of options. Don't you like that? Don't you like the idea that there are options for food, options for entertainment, options for movies, options for music? So you can be yourself. You can even pick a car with the characteristics that you like. Your phone, the same thing. Everything. You just personalize whatever you buy. We live in an era where we like to be able to choose whatever we want to choose. Career. Our special one. <laughs> that at some point you don't even know if it's what. And, and then the other problem is that everyone gets offended for everything you say. So it's a wide variety. Just remember, don't say anything wrong about anything because someone is going to be offended. The Lord Jesus didn't deal with, with this problem the way that many people today are dealing with. And it's wrong. Because you cannot try to please everybody. It is impossible to please everybody. You need to find out who are you, what kind of person you are, and what is what you're going to do with your own life. And once you make that decision, you say, well, this is me, this, is, this defines me, and this is the person that I will be. So you are a cowboy, you're going to wear your cowboy boots and your cowboy hat. Be a cowboy. You want to be uh, someone with uh, tattoos and, I don't know, peers and all that. that that's what you want to be? Okay. You decide your fashion style, your eating style, your music style, entertainment style. You're going to decide your friends, the kind of people you want to hang out with. Just remember that the Word of God tells us things that are so clear. And here's one of those things. It's a narrow gate. It's a narrow gate that leads you to a road that is hard to follow. That's why I was telling you about all the possibilities, because that is what people want today. We are not against options in the market or for entertainment or career or all those things. It's a good thing. It's called a niche. That's fine. Everyone picks whatever everyone wants. But for those who like to have this um, availability of options, Perhaps when it's about heaven and eternal life, the news are not good news for you. Because that doesn't apply for eternity. And the reason is because there is only one person that gave his life for you. There is only one person that not just poured down, poured out the last drop of his blood for you, without complaining, perfect 
all his life, no sin, immaculate life, and not just died for you, but in the third day, he was risen. He is the only one who not just died for you, but at the third day, he was risen, and after he came back to life, and there are hundreds of witnesses about it, he was taken again to heaven, where he is now, and he will come back for us, his church. There is only one. There is no other leader. You can talk about religion all day long. You can promote your ideas about the origin of life and what do you think about the future and what happens when you die. You are more than welcome to speak everything you want. Create a website, create a Facebook page, begin a cult if you like, write your doctoral thesis about it, <laughs> your dissertation for your PhD about it. Go ahead. You are free to believe whatever you want to believe. But all that doesn't change the fact that there is only one who gave his life for you, risen, resurrected at the third day, went to heaven, and will come back. And he is the one who said these words. There is a narrow gate that opens the way to true life. But that road is hard to follow. That's why he say only a few people find it. You know what is interesting when you think about the narrow gate and a wide gate and a narrow road and a wide road? Is how interesting is that the wide gate or many gates perhaps comparing that to the narrow gate that Jesus is, all those gates will take you to different places that the Lord Jesus says very clearly in this passage that that gate is the gate to hell. The, the wide gate is the gate to hell. And it says that there is plenty of room on the road that leads there. Plenty of room. So you become the person you want to be. You don't want to be a man. You want to be a woman. Go ahead. You, are, you don't want to be a woman. You want to be a man. Go ahead. You don't want to be this. You want to be that. You want to convert in whatever you want to convert and believe whatever you want to convert and believe. Go ahead. Because the gate to hell is very wide. And it has to do a lot with sexuality. It has to do a lot with your heart. And it has to do a lot with sensitivity to the voice of God. And also it has to do a lot with on being understanding and reasonable. Going to facts. Who has died for you other than Jesus that has been risen, resurrected, ascended to heaven and will come back for you? Who is that one if you know it? Because there is no other. The other paths, the other gates, the other possibilities people invent and create, go ahead. But now we 
that have been blessed, that one day when we heard this preaching, we said, I believe that. I agree with that. I think Jesus is, is the way, the truth in life. All of us Christians, we believers, we need to commit ourselves to that narrow gate with the narrow path. And it's hard to follow. Why? Because you cannot be in Jesus. You cannot be a Christian and behaving like the people in the world. You cannot have this name tag, name tag with your name and underneath Christian, but you behave worse than the people in the world. You can't. Because that path, that road is hard to follow. You have to do it right. If you don't do it right, you're going to pay the consequences. And we studied earlier about all these things that we live because we don't want to stay close to God. We don't want to stay in reservation. We want to go out. Okay, well, you want to do that? That's not the narrow gate with that path that is hard to follow. And let me tell you this interesting thing about those two options, gates and roads. The one that takes you to heaven is narrow, right? The one that takes you to hell is white. Be whatever you want to be. The road will take you to hell. It's going down. The one that is narrow, taking you to heaven, is narrow. And it's going up. Question. What's easier, to walk down in a wide path or walk up in a narrow path? You are in the street and you have two possibilities. You can walk down easy in a hill, you know, going down. Or you can walk up in the same hill, probably the same inclination, What's easier? Here you can do whatever you want. Here in this one, you can't. You have to follow this road where there are examples. Those that are ahead of you are showing you what to do, how to walk, how to move forward, when to rest, when to come back to pull the other one behind you. What's easier? You know what's easier. That's why it says only a few people find it. Have you found it, my friend? My friend, listen, listen carefully. Have you found that narrow gate? Are you still fighting in your soul within, within yourself because you don't want to surrender to Jesus? Is that your case? Be careful. Be careful. Because you cannot afford rejecting Jesus and believing that your life is blessed and happy. No, my friend. That one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, that one is the one who has that coverage. I hope you understand what I'm saying. In that Psalm 91, verse 14, there is something so beautiful that I want you to read with me. 
because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Isn't that beautiful, really? One of the most beautiful passages in the scripture. It says, because he loves me. You see, it's not because he's doing what I say. It's not because, well, he's afraid to go to hell, so that's why he's doing it. No, it says, because he loves me says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. My name. What name? Which is the name in the one we can be saved? The name of Jesus. That's why when you are in the midst of trouble, remember the story I told you about that young fella protecting his kids, barefoot, kicking, trying to kick this dog, screaming, get out of here, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you are not going to touch my kids. I'm going to fight here to protect my kids in the name of Jesus. That's the way that you should live, my friend. Protecting your family, protecting yourself, protecting your finances, protecting your own health, protecting your mind, protecting your soul, claiming day and night that only in Jesus you can experience that protection. I promise you, you will not regret it. You won't. And you know what else? You will say with me these things. You will say, I obey the Holy Spirit. And what is that? Well, obeying the Holy Spirit is that you are not going to go to certain places because you feel in your heart that's not the right thing to do. You are not going to be watching certain shows on TV because you just know that's not what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. You are not going to put those substances inside of your body because you know that that is not what the Lord wants you to do. You will obey the Holy Spirit when you are, when you are a good person. You obey the Holy Spirit when you refuse to do bad things. You obey the Holy Spirit when you surrender to God. You obey the Holy Spirit when you say, Okay, I give up. I will follow you, Lord God. You obey the Holy Spirit when you are so sensitive that you are able to pray in the quiet place of your room in the night instead of using substances to try to go to sleep or doing any other things. You obey the Holy Spirit when you say, I have to be the person that the Lord wants me to be. Whether you are a man or you are a woman, you're going to accept whatever the Lord allows you to be. It doesn't matter about your gender, really. You are a man, you're going to live like a man. You are a woman, you're going to live like a woman. The Lord doesn't want you to be high or, or, or on drugs or drunk all day long, every night. That's not the desire of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the desire of the Holy Spirit is that you have a sober life. Because when you are sober, you are kind. When you are sober, you are nice to people. When you are sober, you are more, you are more conscientious about your responsibility with your own family, with your own body, with your own health. You obey the Holy Spirit because you already know this is not what God wants me to do with my own life. I refuse that. I'm going to do what is right. I obey the Holy Spirit.
you love the Lord, you obey the Holy Spirit. It's not because you are being forced, because you know it's the right thing to do. And what is the result? When you obey the Holy Spirit, you know that the good Lord is going to take good care of you. You know that. And you have lived that. We all have lived that. Right? We have been in places and moments in our lives that when we say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to obey the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay in reservation. I'm going to stay close to God. I'm not going to those places. And in the midst of all these situations, there are needs and things that happen. And then you need something. And then what happens? The good Lord provides for you. Because the Lord God can take good care of us. He is a good, good father. He is good to you, to you and to me. He is good to us. The Lord God Almighty. Are you ready for a new life, my friend? Would you like to start again? You know what's all that you need to do? It's just to believe. If you openly say, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9. So today, I want to invite you. Join me in this prayer. It's on the screen. Say these words with me. Say, dear God, I need to change. I need to pay more attention to my life and my decisions. Please, Lord, help me to follow your path. I need your help. Please forgive me. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. And all that begins on the Calvary. Sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what if you say with me, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show you His kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. From Odessa, Texas, in the name of my family, my church, I tell you, have a beautiful rest of your day. You are blessed. See you next time. for watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.